that anyone could possibly be given. The gift of a Savior. You guys excited about that? Yeah. I know I certainly am. And um, so let me, um, my wife and I, every Christmas, it kind of starts off the same. Uh, My wife and I have a disagreement. That's how we open up the Christmas season every year. And uh, the reason we have, uh, we, we kind of have this disagreement every time. Like, this is like, literally, it kind of starts building up a couple days before Thanksgiving. And then, you know, the day after Thanksgiving, when we start talking like Christmas decorations, that's when the dis- big disagreement happens. Because I want, the, I want Christmas to be authentic and biblical, and she wants it to be normal. That's kind of how, how it goes. And so there's this friction that happens because... Um, you know, because the things that most people consider normal, there's no way it actually went down like that. Uh, and so, for example, the nativity. We didn't even put out a nativity this year. Because Carrie didn't want to have the whole, let's set it up like the Bible speech. Uh, which is the one I usually give. And, uh, and so, you know, because I have a problem with certain things in the nativity. You know, every nativity, have you noticed that the nativity has a cow? Anybody's nativity has a cow? Everybody's nativity has a cow. The problem is there hasn't been a cow in Israel in 5,000 years. So I take out the cow. We don't put out the cow. And that becomes an issue. Um, So it goes back in the box. Then there's the wise men. First of all, the Bible doesn't tell us how many they were. Uh, We've decided there are three because, you know, it just seems like it would make sense. We know there's wise men, so there was at least two. Uh, But, you know, we think it would be good for one person to bring each gift. But, you know, the dude who rocked the gold could have rocked the frankincense too. But like, yeah, I brought two gifts. Wow, you just brought myrrh, huh? Wow. You know, so it could have been, it could have been that. I mean, who knows? Uh, so, but the problem is, according to the Bible, it says uh, in, in um, Matthew chapter 2, that they came to the house where Joseph and Mary were. They didn't come to the stable, the manger. They came to the house. So see, according to the Bible, um, and that Jesus was actually a toddler by the time um, that, you know, they showed up. So I take out the three wise men from the nativity scene because they weren't there. And so what I do is I put them on the other side of the house because they were 600 miles away. And so I'm thinking based on how small they are, we could put them all the way on the other side of the house and then they'll get there by next Christmas. That's kind of my idea. Uh, anyway, my wife doesn't like that. And, uh, and then... There's this Joseph and Mary uh, statues that make them look like they're this middle-aged couple, you know, and uh, you, they're, they're, you know, like, look, these, you know, people in their 40s just had a baby. Like, that's, which is fine. It's just not how it went down, right? I mean, uh, and if this was a traditional Hebrew context, which it was, she was probably 15, 16 years old. He was probably 15, 16 years old. So they got to go too. So I take them out. And then I put them back in the box. I go into my daughter's room, who's five turning six, and uh, I get her Anakin Skywalker figure from Star Wars Episode One, and the Queen Amidala, when she's about 15, I put them in there just to make it more authentic to play the role of the blessed couple. And, uh, and so my wife is so frustrated by this, she has even instructed our kids not to even ask. Like, because I, I overhear, like, Mommy, are we going to put out like a nativity scene with baby Je- Honey, don't even ask. Your father gets crazy when you ask things like that. Um, I, and, and, you know, so then we get to the music. And I, once again, I have a problem with some of the music. Right? You know, like, and I, I, I love Christmas music. There's just some things that you know just didn't happen. Right? Silent Night. Silent Night is a beautiful song. Um, 
But you're going to tell me it was a silent night? Really, teenage girl giving birth without, before the invention of the epidural and we're going with silent? And, uh, and so, you know, so that's got to go. I don't know if you've ever been in a room with a woman giving birth. That's terrifying. That should be called terrifying night. For Joseph, anyway. Uh, it, it, uh, so, anyway, Carrie doesn't like that, so we avoid that song altogether. And uh, anyway, so we kind of have this whole thing. We're stuck with, like, Grandma got run over by a reindeer, which is, you know, that could happen. So, uh, not your grandma, somebody else's grandma. And, but anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that we do is that we try to make Christmas um, kind of ritzy and, and glamorous when it really wasn't. Christmas was glorious because God became a man and dwelt among us. It was many things, but glamorous it was not. The polished version of the Christmas story, I think, sometimes gives us the wrong impression of how Jesus was born. We have a picture of everything being okay, everyone understanding what was going on with this couple, when really, um, they didn't. Um, it's, it's It's not that the Christmas story didn't happen. The Christmas story did happen. God really did become a man born of a virgin. And we thank God for it, but we sometimes can turn it into something that it isn't. You see, it's a teenage girl chosen to do something amazing, chosen to give birth to the Messiah, the one, the Savior, the anointed one, whom the people of Israel had been praying for for thousands of years. And she was the one that God picked. When God decided to take on human flesh and dwell among us. It's when the shepherds heard heaven speak. You see, God hadn't spoken for 400 years. It had been 400 years since God had spoken. And now God was speaking again. When those shepherds heard, uh, do not be afraid for I give you tidings of great joy. That will be a blessing to all people. It's this amazing thing. Oh no, God is speaking. Heaven is speaking. We haven't heard any of this in 400 years. And the message is the message of Christmas. It's the message of simply three words. God with us. That's the message of Christmas. In fact, it says in Matthew one twenty three, the virgin will be with child and will bring, give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Mary heard the news that she was given, going to give birth to the Messiah, when she found out that she had been chosen of all women in all time, of all generations, that she had been chosen, she was the one who was going to be the, the, the mother, the mom of the Son of God. She just broke out into song. She had a song in her heart, a song of praise, a song of thanksgiving, a song of adoration to God for all that He's done. And she sang a song with so much meaning and so much depth that as a church, we've actually spent the entire month of December looking at a song that's only nine verses. I mean, it's just a few lines, but it's just, it has so much meaning, so much depth that we've had to slow down to look at it. Her song is called Magnificat. That's what theologians call it. They call it the Magnificat because in Latin, that's the first word that appears when she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. That her heart was overflowing with praise and adoration to God. And that's not to say that things weren't going to be difficult because she was 14, engaged, pregnant. 
But no matter what culture you live in, that's not a great combination. But she sang a song that tells us what she believes about God. It's a song that tells us that God had done amazing things in her life and that God wants to do amazing things in the lives of all people. The contents of this song, my friends, is God's Christmas gift to us. You see, some of us might be here on a Christmas Eve thinking that God has forgotten us because we're going through a difficult season of life. We might uh, be thinking that, man, God, God, where is he? Man, I want God in my, where, where is God? I'm going through such a difficult time. Listen, can I tell you something? God has not forgotten you. Because God with us is the message of Christmas. And if it's God with us, then that means that God is with you. You see, if you're at this time of year and you're lonely, which many experience, you might be far away from your family. You might be estranged from your family. And you think you're alone. Can I tell you something? You're not. Because the gift of Christmas is God with us. And if God is with us, then that means God is with you. And my friends, that is the message of Christmas. You see, if things are difficult right now and you're praying that things would improve, listen, they will. Because the message of Christmas is God with us. He's with us and he's with you. If you're here and you're wondering what the next step is in your life and you're confused and you don't know where to go, to turn to the right, to turn to the left, you aren't alone in making the decision. You aren't alone in making the choice. Because the message of Christmas is that God is with us. And in these final two verses of Mary's song, she tells us just that. So if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, which is where we're going to be. If you have your smartphone, you can open up your Bible app if you have one. If not, just look over the shoulder of the person next to you. You can even take their Bible because they're a Christian and they have to forgive you. Um, So... Look at, we're going to start in verse 53. I'm going to read the couple verses and then we'll come back. And I want to show you three things about the gifts that God wants to give us at Christmas. It says this in verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Now, if you'll pause there and give me your attention, there's three things I want to share with you in the moments that we have together. The first thing I want to share with you is this, is that God wants to fill your life with good. She says this in this opening verse, that God, um, that he has filled the hungry with good things. God wants to fill your life with good things. But there's a catch. The catch is this. It doesn't just say he fills them with good things. It says he fills the hungry with good things. You and I have to recognize the hunger and the need that we have for God. Jesus, in another feast in Israel, a feast called Tabernacles, he stood up. I put it in your notes. It says, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus says these words, if any man thirsts. You don't want something to drink unless you're thirsty. You've got to recognize that there is a need in your life. But what we do many times, if we're being honest, if we're being honest, what we do many times is this, is that we try to mask the need. 
We try to reclassify the need. We try to downplay the need. But what we don't do many times is admit the need. You see, so I'm at, um, I'm at Banana Republic a couple of weeks ago to look for a shirt. And I see something, you know, I, I, I see something I've never um, noticed before. The store is so well lit so that you'll see, it's, it's very well lit to see the clothes in the shopping area. Have you noticed this? But then you go into the dressing room and the, the lights are really dim. Did you notice that? So I look at a shirt out in the, in, in the shopping area and I'm like, dude, this shirt is awesome. And then I try on the shirt and in the dressing room and it's all dim. And I'm like, dude, I look so hot right now. I, I, I actually thought that about myself. And, um, and then, so I, 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 I'm by myself and then I get home and I tell my wife, I bought this shirt and she's like, oh, great. You know, let's see it. And I, and so, and I'm like, I just want to tell you, I look so hot in this shirt. So relax. And so anyway, so I put on the shirt. I looked like a complete idiot. All I needed was lighting to show that I just, I seriously, I'm like, who, where, who buys this? I just bought it 20 minutes ago. And I'm like, and it's all lighting. And listen, but this is what happens. This is how we try to ignore the need or mask the need or downplay the need rather than recognize the need. Instead of dealing with the hunger and thirst, we just change the lighting. We just change the conversation. Oh, sure, man, I need help. But man, I'm not as bad as that guy, so I'm doing okay. You know, uh, you, you, know you ask a girl, um, why are you marrying him? And she answers, sure, he's out of work. Sure, he treats me bad. Sure, he plays video games all day, but you should meet his brother. He's a real loser. And I say, well, okay. Okay. Uh, and, and, and what are we doing? We're just masking the need, our real thirst. That every person, listen, every person was created divinely. We were all created with a need for God, a thirst for God. And what we try to do as human beings is we try to fill that our own need in our lives. And it, we just keep coming up empty. We keep trying the next thing, the next relationship, the next habit. The, 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 whatever it is. And listen, thinking that it's going to fill the need and all it does is cause us to come up empty. You ever been really thirsty? And somebody offers you something that you just know could never satisfy? You're like, man, I'm so thirsty. Would you like some hot coffee? Like, no. Maybe some warm milk. Disgusting. How about a room temperature Coke? Like, come on. No, when you have a real need... You know, water is the one thing that's going to satisfy. And listen, God wants to fill your life with good. But here's what she says. She says that he has filled the hungry with good things. It's in recognition of our need that he fills us and in the admission of our need and coming to him because of our need that he fills our life with good. She says something else in verse 54. She says, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And here's the second thing I want to tell you, if you're taking notes. Not only does God want to fill your life with good, God wants to infuse your life with hope. He wants to infuse your life with hope. Listen, you could be here tonight and not have any hope. Be hopeless, thinking that you're on your own, thinking there's nothing to live for. You're you're here and you're thinking, I mean, come on, what's the point? And yet we forget 
That, I mean, what is it that God is doing? I mean, if God is with me, then, then why do I feel this way? That maybe this is part of the process. Is it possible that this is all part of the journey? When we first started this church <coughs> uh, 12 years ago, um, another church lent us the sound system that we were using when we were starting up. It was this little um, two-speaker uh, system. It was, I mean, you could actually carry the whole thing. I mean, it was like a little bit bigger than like a boom box, uh, if anybody even here remembers those, uh, you know. And so uh, we had this, and it had two channels. It had one channel for a microphone, and then had another channel to plug in a guitar, uh, and that was it. And so we were borrowing it for a couple of weeks, and then they called us. This is after three church services as a church. And they said, hey, by the way, we're going to need that back. We've got some stuff and we need to use it. So, you know, sorry, but we're going to need it back. And I'm like, but what am I supposed to do? And they're like, well, I don't know. You know, work it out. And, uh, and so I, I said, okay. Um, I, I'll, and part of me, um, you know, wanted to say, hey, uh, sorry, but your thing got lost. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll pray for you. And, um, but I figured that we were starting a church and I couldn't do that. Um, because that, you know, might give a bad impression. So I, I, I remember it was a Tuesday because I stalled. I was supposed to return it Monday. And I returned it Tuesday uh, just because I, I guess, I don't know. I have problems. And uh, so I returned it on Tuesday. And I, and I go back to my office. I was running a college at the time. And uh, I, I go back to my office and I sit back in my chair. And I think to myself, what in the world are we going to do? And we had this small church that was growing and we were starting to reach people. And, and, um, and I said, I have no idea what we're going to do. And so Tuesday becomes Tuesday night and Tuesday night becomes Wednesday morning and Wednesday morning becomes Wednesday night and Thursday morning. And Thursday night, I get a phone call from another church. Uh, the pastor is a great friend of mine. And he said, um, hey, Bob, can you do us a favor? And I said, what? And they said, you got all these packages that came in the mail from UPS um, from California. And uh, I need you to come pick them up, like tonight, because they're taking up space, and we need the space. Uh, there's these huge boxes. And I said, well, are you sure they're for me? Because I didn't order anything from California. They said, yeah, these huge boxes. I don't know who they're from or whatever. So I go down there, and, um, and so I pack everything up, still not knowing what it is. I take it back to my house. Now it's pretty late on Thursday night, and I, um, I put it all in my living room, and um, I open it up. And it's a brand new sound system from a guy that I've never met. Um, there's a guy, you see, I, I, I spoke at a conference um, about six months before that with this guy. And this guy knew a guy. It's one of those. So this guy knew a guy who liked to help guys who were starting churches. And so the guy that I spoke with said, oh, you're, you're, um, you're starting a church. Um, what's your address? And so I gave him my address. He didn't send it to that address. He, I guess he lost the paper or something. Um, but he sent it to my, to because we had this mutual friend, which is the pastor that he sent it to. And anyway, to this day, 12 years later, I've never met the guy who sent it. Um, I sent him a thank you letter and just said, you have no idea how timely this was. But you know what's crazy? And by the way, we still have pieces of that sound system that we use because I force our staff to use it. Um, even though it's 12 years old, not a date, um, uh, you know, I tell them the day you stop using it, it all goes back to my office and I'll use it as like a table or something because we're going to use that thing until I drop dead. Uh, you know, and, and here's the thing. The, the challenge was, listen, it's, it's easy to tell the story. Now, I actually love telling that story. It's a wonderful picture of God's faithfulness. 
But let me tell you where the growth happened in my life. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Didn't, I, I didn't experience the growth Friday, Saturday, or Sunday when I already had the goods. The growth happened in my life on Tuesday when I was sweating it, and Wednesday when I was sweating it, and Thursday when I had no idea what I was going to do, and then the thing shows up Thursday night. Oh yeah, God, you really are for real. You really do want to infuse my life with something. You see, we don't need hope when we've got all the stuff. We need hope when we don't. We need hope when we don't have hope. And that's what God wants to infuse into our lives. That's what Mary's singing about. She's singing about that God has remembered his people. That they had been praying and calling out and asking for God to send this Savior, send the Messiah. And it was a promise that he wouldn't forget. And our role is not, listen, is not to figure out how to solve the problem. Our role is how to have hope in the midst of between Tuesday and Thursday. When the promise is given and before the promise has been fulfilled. Listen, the Bible would tell us this in the book of 1 Peter. I put it in your notes. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My friends, our hope is not a dead hope. It's not a futile hope. It's not a misguided hope. Instead, our hope, according to the Bible, is a living hope. It's a hope that's full of life, a hope that's full of expectation, a hope that's full of faith in what God can do. And listen, I do not know your situation this Christmas, but I do know that every person in this room has hopes, dreams, aspirations, and vision for the future. And you may be in a place where you have a promise, and maybe God has given you a promise, but you haven't seen the fulfillment of the promise. What do you do now? Now is the time where God wants to infuse you with hope between the time that the promise is given and the time that the promise is fulfilled. Listen, that God is going to keep his promise to you. God is going to fulfill that vision in your life. God is going to help you see that dream become a reality if we don't lose hope. My friends, that's Mary's song. I hope it's your song. I hope it's our song. Because we don't have to be people who are without hope because God with us. That is the message of Christmas. Let me show you one last thing in verse 55. It says, He's helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to His seed forever. The third thing I want to tell you is that God just doesn't want to fill your life with good doesn't want to just infuse your life with hope. God wants to save your life with forgiveness. Why do I say that? Because throughout history, God has been telling the Jewish people that a Savior is coming. That it meant, they thought it meant freedom from the Roman Empire. That's what they thought. That a Savior was going to be a military Savior. They thought salvation would come in the form of a warrior. And instead, it came in the form of a baby in a manger. They should have known because the name Jesus means salvation. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter one, it says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary as your wife for that, which is conceived 
in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. You see, sometimes we think that we're kind of detached from the Christmas story. We see the Christmas story as something that happened back then at that time in that day. But do you know that Christmas is something that happens all the time? It can happen to us today. Christmas happens all the time when a person recognizes that God is with us. Um, The question is, the question is, if Christmas is not just what happened then, but instead Christmas is really what's happening now, the question is, have you invited Christmas into your life? The message of Christmas that God is with us. Have you made that choice? That you can be part of the Christmas story. That there can be a Christmas story that God seemed far, but then God came near. Because that's what happened. The eternal God who created the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that's in it took on human form, became a baby, became the baby in the manger, and then later became the man on the cross became the man in the tomb, became the man who rose from the dead to offer life, peace, forgiveness to you and me. Let's pray together. And Lord, I thank you that Christmas has come to us, that we have that opportunity, a message of goodwill, a message of peace for all people that born to us this day is a savior. And Lord, none of us are perfect. We all need a savior. So Lord, may this be a moment where we can experience that. In this time, in this place, in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, um, you could be here today and know the Christmas story. You could know things about Jesus. Maybe you went to church as a kid and you walked away and and now you're wondering and you're asking, could God do a work in me? Could God change my life? Listen, my friends, Mary's song is speaking to you that God hasn't forgotten you even if if you have forgotten him. God wants to forgive you, my friends. God wants to change your life. It means you can walk with God. You can experience God in your life. Oh, but come on, Pastor Bob. I believe in God. That's what I told my brother 20 years ago. I told him that as he shared the gospel with me, the message of Jesus, the message of Christmas. I told him, I said, I believe in God. And he said, guess what? Even the devil believes in God and it's not helping him. He said, you might know a few things about God, but you don't know him. Today is the day that I want to give you the same opportunity that my older brother gave to me. He said, you can pray. 
You can invite Jesus Christ to come into your life. He can forgive you of all of your sins. He can give you forgiveness from your past. He can give you peace in the present. He can give you hope in the future. My friends, I believe that today is your day, your opportunity to receive Jesus Christ, the gift of eternal life, the gift of Christmas, life eternally, but also life right now. Because every gift is communicating a message. And God sent His Son to communicate to us how much He loves us. The Bible says this, that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So my question for you, my friend, is what are you waiting for? The time is now. It's Christmas. It's time to receive God's gifts. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Why spend another second wondering? Wandering without purpose, without meaning. Wondering if next year will be better. If things can change. Standing on the sideline wondering if God can work in your life. My friends, today is the day. And that's why I want to give you an opportunity to come and invite Jesus Christ to come into your life. And so, listen, the band is going to play. And as they do... I'm going to invite you to get up out of your seat. I'm going to invite you to come forward. And today we're going to pray at the base of this platform. And I'm going to pray with you the same prayer that my brother prayed with me. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life. My only regret in life is that I didn't do it sooner. I want to give you that opportunity today. In this moment, because the Bible says that today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. My friends, the offer is here. The message of Christmas is here. So now is your moment to respond to the message of Christmas. Jesus is waiting. Eternal life is waiting. Stand up. Come forward. George, lead us. The lost are found. The blind will see. The lame will walk. The dead will live. And you are The blind will see, the lame will walk, the dead will live, and you are God, forever you will reign. The lost are found, the blind will see, the lame will walk, the dead will live, and you important decision you'll ever make in your life I made this decision I was 19 years old I was a lost kid and you know some people say that they were looking for God I wasn't in fact I was running in the opposite direction from God so that's why when people say oh when did you find God I said listen I never found God God found me yeah And one of the greatest blessings in my life is that the day I made a decision to follow Jesus, 
Her and I were just dating, but my wife was right next to me. And we both prayed to accept Christ there at that moment together. And we spent the last 20 years growing together. Not just um, in our love for each other, but in our love for God and our pursuit of God. Learning and growing about who He is. And in His love for us and His plans for us. Um, last Sunday, I, uh, I gave an invitation just like this. And so people came forward and I, and I felt this, um, this like stirring in my own heart. And I, and I said, I said, there's somebody else in the room that needs to come forward and you're glued to your chair. There's just something that's holding you back and you can't. And I'm just, and I said to him, I said, uh, I, I said to, to the, the congregation that day, I said, listen, if that's you, you've just got to call out and just say, Jesus. And invite his power into your life and just get unglued from the chair and come forward. And I gave an opportunity for people to, to come forward and no one did. After the service, I talked to a young guy. He said, Pastor Bob, I want you to know it was me. There was something holding me back. There was something that was gluing me to the chair and I, I felt like I couldn't move. My friend, the reason is because the decision that we're making, the decision that these guys are making here, this isn't a fleshly decision. This is a spiritual decision. This is the decision that doesn't just impact time, it impacts eternity. And I just feel like, listen, some of you are here and you and, and you're, you come to church on Christmas Eve. You come to church on Easter. And you talk a pretty good game about God. But if you were real honest, you'd say, man, I'm far from him. And I want to get close to him. My friends, now's the time. I'm going to invite the band in a second that they're going to play another chorus. And if that's you, my friend, I'm going to invite you to come forward. If you're here with a friend, a family member, a classmate, a co-worker, and you invited them to this place... I want you to turn to them and say, if you want to come forward and give your life to Jesus, let's walk hand in hand, arm in arm. We'll go together and make this decision because my friends, eternity is in the balance. Let's do this. Let's invite God into your life. George. The lost are found. Sing it out. The blind will see. The lame will walk. The dead will live. And you are God. passage in, um, in the Bible that says this. It's one of my favorites. It says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't even entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And my friends, this is the moment. This is the moment where everything changes. See, for me, it was my brother's kitchen and he challenged me to take a step in God's direction. 
for you guys that was walking a few feet. My friends, God, Jesus traveled the distance from heaven to earth so that we could have this opportunity to invite him into our lives and experience the forgiveness, love, and grace that he offers. So here's what I'm going to do. I just want to pray for you. And then I want to lead you in a prayer. And it's not any magic formula or anything like that in communicating to God. But here's what my hope is, is that they might be my words, but maybe those words would express what your heart would desire to say to God in a moment like this. So church, let's pray for these that have come forward. Lord, thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for loving us so much that you would be willing to give your son. God, these that have made a decision, they've walked forward because they want to walk with you. So Lord, as they pray, may you hear from heaven. May you act, may you respond, and may you do an amazing work in them, through them, for them. God, this is the moment. Listen, those of you that are ready, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Repeat after me, but just pray out loud. Just say, Lord God, I open my heart and I invite you inside to be my God, to be my Savior, to be my friend. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. For I've decided today to follow you, Jesus. From this day forever, I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listen, you know what?